Welcome to A Meaningful Mess, a podcast for educators who want to engage and empower gifted learners. Whether you specifically serve gifted learners, have gifted learners in your classroom, or just want to know more about what gifted learners need from the school experience, you are in the right place. I'm Andy McNair, and I'm a keynote speaker, author, educator, and mom of my own gifted kiddos. And I know that teaching gifted learners can be challenging. But you know what? It's also incredibly rewarding. Throughout this podcast, I'll share practical ideas and strategies that will help you create a meaningful and engaging learning experience for your gifted students. I'll also talk about Genius Hour, a powerful approach to learning that can help learners explore their passion and purpose as they develop their talents. So if you're looking for ways to reach your gifted learners, I invite you to join me on this journey. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you're here. Welcome to episode 80 of a Meaningful Mess podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk all about essential questions. We're going to talk about what they are, why they matter, specifically for gifted learners, and then we're going to talk about how they can be utilized throughout the Genius Hour process to make Genius Hour or passion-based learning even more authentic and more meaningful. Now, I want to be honest as we start to kind of approach this topic. Essential questions are not something that are easy for for me to write. I don't know if I should admit this or not, but for whatever reason, essential questions are just difficult for me. It's something that I have to practice and it's a skill that I have to consistently be kind of refining and getting better at because I'm just not as good of it as good at it as I probably should be. So that being said, I just wanted to put that out there. If you struggle with essential questions and it's not easy for you to write these, please know you are in good company because I'm right there with you. That being said, let's lead off with this idea of what even are essential questions. I think you know, just like so many other things in education, we get to where we use some of these words and these strategies and the ideas so much that they get watered down. We forget what they actually mean. So when I think about an essential question, I think specifically about a question that is open-ended, that is thought-provoking, and that doesn't have a single right answer. I was actually doing some research and reading some things about essential questions, and I came across Summit Learning Blog. And I love that they say that essential questions get students engaged in the kind of thinking that it takes to truly understand a subject. I would say that it truly takes to understand a subject or a standard or an idea or a character. Like there's so many things we could put there. But basically, essential questions are what it takes to get our learners to that deep understanding. I was working with a colleague recently. She was preparing for a presentation. And we were talking specifically about when learners read a passage, how do we know that they have a deep understanding of that passage so that they are able to analyze, synthesize, and do some of the things that they're going to have to do as a result of reading that passage. And I was kind of explaining that I almost see the questions that we ask as a bridge between actually reading the passage or learning the content 
and then being able to do something with it or to get to that deep understanding. And the bridge is actually the questions that we ask. And I think some of the sturdiest bridges in this analogy are made up of essential questions. They can just be so powerful and can give us that clarity of do they have a deep level of understanding? Like, do they have deep understanding of this content or is this just a surface level learning that they've kind of checked the box? And so often as educators, I'm not sure we consider that as often as we should. So just something to consider. I know that I didn't early on in my career for sure. So let's talk about why essential questions are important for gifted learners. Really, I think so many of these you're going to think, well, that's true for all of our learners. But I oftentimes on this podcast talk specifically through the lens of giftedness. And so that's what we're going to do today. So first of all, um, I think that essential questions, one of the biggest benefits is that they stimulate critical thinking. I know when we say the word critical thinking, again, it's just one of those things that we're like, what does that even mean anymore? But really what essential questions are designed to do is to provoke that deep thought and to encourage that type of thinking that requires our learners to analyze, to synthesize and evaluate information. So they're at that higher level, pushing them to reach um, and to be challenged just through the questions that we ask. So benefit number one, essential questions stimulate critical thinking. Number two, essential questions promote curiosity. Curiosity is something that is so important in the learning experience, whether they are learning at school or they're learning at home or they're learning wherever that's happening. Curiosity has to be in place in order for the learning to stick. They have to want to know. And I think sometimes it's really difficult or it seems really difficult to make curiosity happen with today's learners, especially when they step into the school experience, right? When they step through the doors of school, it's like they instantly know how to play a game and their curiosity doesn't tend to show up as much as it probably should. So gifted learners in particular tend to be naturally curious and they often have like a strong desire to explore a specific interest or a specific topic in depth. And so essential questions kind of give them a, a way to explore these things. And it gives them that opportunity to dive into topics that genuinely interest them. So if your learners can start to learn how to write and how to think through the lens of essential questions, that can be really powerful and it can promote that curiosity that we know is so valuable. All right, so number two, essential questions promote curiosity. Essential questions also facilitate cross-curricular connections. That's one of my favorite things about questions that are open-ended and that don't have a single right answer is that it opens the door for our learners to make cross-curricular correction, hello, cross-curricular connections that they may not otherwise make. And it gives them an opportunity to see things through a lens where they make the connections between seemingly unrelated topics. I am a big believer that connections play such a role in the learning experience, just like curiosity, right? The connections that they can make between what they're learning in one class and what they're learning in another can be so powerful. I think if we just think about ourselves, like when we're, when I'm thinking or considering something and then I hear 
you know, maybe something in another PD or I hear something on a podcast that connects to that thing, all of a sudden there's just this new level of interest. There's this excitement. Those connections are powerful. So if we can utilize um, and intentionally write essential questions that'll give our learners that opportunity to make those cross-curricular connections, that can be really powerful and give us a big return on our investment. Um, you know, intrinsic motivation is a big deal and essential questions can foster intrinsic motivation. I talk often about that because, or talk often about this because so much of what we do in education is based on extrinsic motivation. So things like grades and, um, you know, grades is obviously the big one, but even giving our students rewards, I'm not suggesting that there's something wrong with that, but I am suggesting that if that's what we're leaning on and that's what we're hoping is going to result in a meaningful connection to the learning, we are fooling ourselves. Like that's not how it works. Our students should ultimately be driven through an intrinsic motivation. But in order for that to be happening, we have to foster that intrinsic motivation. And I think essential questions can be utilized to do that. I think this, this idea really um, kind of connects to the idea of curiosity. Um, when curiosity is in place, intrinsic motivation tends to thrive a little better and intrinsic motivation ultimately can lead to a deeper and more enduring love for learning, right? It gives our learners a, a place where they see learning as something that is valuable and something that they want to be a part of versus something that they have to do or a box that they have to check. So essential questions, if utilized well, can, um, I think, kind of piggybacking off of that idea of curiosity and even some of those connections, it can then foster intrinsic motivation, which we know can be so valuable. Um, one of my favorite things to talk about when it comes to essential questions, and I kind of started the podcast out with this idea, is that it encourages essential questions, encourage depth of understanding. You know, I wrote the book Designing for Depth, and it's something I'll actually share in the show notes. You'll be able to find those at andymcnair.com slash episode 80. I'll share the connection where you can order the book if you're interested. But in that book, uh, Designing for Depth, I really talked about the idea of moving beyond that surface level and specifically for our gifted learners, giving them opportunities to reach that deeper level of understanding and essential questions are a really great way to do that. So often gifted learners have that ability to grasp concepts quickly, right? Checking that box, but essential questions challenge their thinking and it challenges them to go beyond surface level understanding and to encourage them to explore a topic in greater depth. And so often that's what our gifted learners need. They need that opportunity to think beyond that surface level, specifically around a, a specific interest or topic, that whole idea of getting fixated on something that oftentimes happens and we can use essential questions to help them make connections between whatever it is that they're interested in or fixated on and the content that we need them to learn. So I think the intentionality behind creating essential questions is really important. All right, the last um, kind of key or benefit of essential questions is that they encourage independent learning. And this is going to lead us into the conversation about Genius Hour. You know, um, 
self-directed learning can be so powerful. I recognize that there is a place for explicit instruction and there are so many things that our learners need to learn from us as educators. But there is something to be said for those opportunities when our students have those aha moments or make those connections when they are learning independently and they're exploring, researching, just getting into the things that they're really interested or passionate about. And it's the reason that I talk about Genius Hour and passion-based learning so often. Until you've experienced it and seen the power of that type of learning in your classroom, I think it can be difficult to understand exactly how powerful it can be. But my gosh, you guys, essential questions can be a great starting line for something like Genius Hour or passion-based learning. And so as we talk about that, the next thing that I want to do is just kind of talk about the Genius Hour process or my Genius Hour process, the six P's of Genius Hour, and how essential questions can be utilized through each part of that process. So if you haven't heard of the six P's of Genius Hour, let me take just a second to introduce them to you. Uh, so I... I always share that when I started implementing Genius Hour, we just needed a roadmap, right? We needed different stops to make along the way. And so for us, that quickly became uh, what we called the six P's of Genius Hour. So passion, plan, pitch, project, product, presentation. So my students would start out with their passion and purpose. They would plan their project out, pitch their idea to their peers, work on a project to develop a product and ultimately give a presentation. And so many of the people that I know that did Genius Hour way before I did and made such uh, strides and I'm so thankful for their work, a lot of them, one of the biggest pieces of advice that they gave me was to start projects with an essential question. Like every learner should have an essential question as they begin working on their Genius Hour project. And I think that's a really good idea. So what I want to do is kind of go through the process, passion plan pitch, project product presentation, and share some examples of essential questions that can be asked during that part of the work. So just so we kind of get a good understanding of what an essential question is, and then also how it can be used during the Genius Hour process. So let's just start, it makes sense, right, to start with passion and purpose. And let's talk about how our students can utilize essential questions to create a project. So what you don't want them to do with any Genius Hour or passion project is to create a question that can be answered by Googling it. Um, you know, I always say Genius Hour and research projects are different in that the outcome is different. So a research project, the outcome is information. Uh, Genius Hour process, the outcome is action. And so it makes sense that whatever question we ask should be big enough for us to utilize our Genius Hour time or the time that we're given to work on our project to not just find an answer, but for there really to be this journey of learning that we go on to make connections and to learn new things so that we can then do something with what has been learned. Okay, so I'm just gonna give you a few examples. Um, so, so here's one around the idea of science and technology. So maybe their question is, how can we harness renewable energy sources to address environmental challenges? Seems like a really big question, right? Uh, that's definitely not Googleable. There's things that are going to have to be thought through and connections that are gonna have to be made and conversations that have to be had in order to get to some level of understanding around that question. Uh, when I think about things like mathematics and engineering, uh, maybe the question is, 
what is the role of mathematics in optimizing transportation systems? I know that a lot of my elementary students were fascinated with transportation and how it works and the different types of transportation. So I love that. What is the role of mathematics in optimizing transportation systems? Um, what is, so uh, what arts and humanities? Here's another example. What is the role of storytelling in preserving cultural heritage? So being able to look at that from different perspectives and pulling from different cultures and how that works, you can see how this, how these questions are so much bigger than, you know, I want to learn how to build a model train. <laughs> this is different. It, it's, there's a different approach. And again, like I said, I am not great at creating these questions. In fact, to create those questions, I actually went in and asked ChatGPT for some examples, which is really helpful for me. Like I want to say to you guys, there is no shame in doing that. Um, sometimes when I just need to get to a place and I need a starting line or I need a springboard, ChatGPT can give me some ideas so that I can get going. Once I read through a list of essential questions, I can typically get in the mindset to do it fairly well. It's just, I have to get there first. I'll give you another resource that's really valuable or really helpful with essential questions. Um, it's from Teach Thought. I'm a big fan of Teach Thought. And they have, um, I think it's a blog post or whatever, it's a post. And it's just a giant list of really good essential questions. And so sometimes when I need to get into that headspace to write or create essential questions, I'll go read some of those so that I can kind of get in that pattern of creating them well. So again, a giant list of really good essential questions. I will put that link um, in the show notes so that you can check it out. Okay, so when they're working on their passion and their purpose, you want them to create an essential question kind of similar to the ones that I just shared with you. Those are good examples. They may be a little less sophisticated if you teach younger students. They might be more sophisticated if you teach older students, but those are just some examples. So the next thing that they're going to do is they're going to plan their project out. And so I think when they're doing this, we want to really utilize essential questions to help them plan well. So we don't want to ask things like, do you have the materials that you need? Uh, we may ask something like, what are the essential resources and materials you'll need? Or what are the key steps or milestones in your project plan? And let them kind of... Um, not only respond to that, but also justify what they're gonna need and why they're going to need it. Why is this project important or relevant? What challenges or obstacles do you anticipate and how will you address them? What research is going to be required to support your project? So again, we're just thinking through that lens of instead of asking yes, no, or asking them to make a list, we want to ask that essential question that is going to stimulate critical thinking require them to utilize problem solving and maybe even reflect on things they've done in the past so that they know what to do this time to either make it better or do it differently. All right, so passion, purpose, plan. And the next thing they're going to do is they're going to pitch their idea. Now, when students are pitching their idea, the goal is to get feedback from their peers and to get, get feedback from you as their teacher. So some of the questions that might be asked, and, and I think this is a really good idea to even um, give out to other students to ask during the pitch or to encourage your students to write essential questions to ask the person who is pitching. So here are some examples. Uh, what personal or societal impact could this project have? 
What do you hope to learn or discover through this project? Uh, how does your project relate to larger trends or issues in this field? What feedback or input do you hope to receive from others during the project? You can see how these are not just one word answers. This really requires them to think through and to consider their answer thoughtfully. Um, so whether you have essential questions that they're required to address during their pitch, or you have essential questions that you give their peers or you let their peers, if they're ready, write their own essential questions, that can be a really great way for them to learn how to invest in each other and how to, as a class, build that culture of, I genuinely wanna know more about your project. I'm not just asking this because I have to ask it. So passion, plan, and pitch. I always say those are the three pre-project um, kind of things that have to happen. And then next we have the project itself. So as our students are working on their project, um, we want them to be, or we want to, as educators, utilize questioning to know what they're learning and what connections they're making. I always say genius hour is so much more than free time in the classroom. If that's all it is, then you're doing it wrong. Genius hour is an opportunity to make connections to what's being learned in class. It's an opportunity to utilize life ready skills. And it's an opportunity for them to really understand who they are as a learner and look for patterns in how they learn best and, and how they can utilize those patterns to then um, see them see their learning journey from a different perspective. Okay, so as they are thinking about um, their actual project, you know, as they're working on that, we want them to consider things like, how does my project align with my original objectives and goals for Genius Hour? So being able to look back and knowing, am I staying on track with what I set out to do? Um, I think a purpose statement comes in really helpful there, like having them write a purpose statement before they start their project and then checking back in can let them know um, whether or not they are aligned. And so it's not just does my project align, it's how does it align? And that's something that we, we definitely want them to consider. What new questions or insights have arisen as I have worked on my project? So what are some new things that are coming up and happening as I've worked on the project that I didn't even think of when I started? Um, what have I learned so far and what do I still need to discover about my topic? So you can see, again, these are not just, is your project going well? Do you need anything from me? Uh, do you feel like you're on a good track? Like those are not meaningful questions. Those are not going to get them to that depth of thinking that we need them to be at, to be able to get to the critical thinking and the problem solving and all of the pieces that are so valuable throughout the Genius Hour process. All right, so they're working on their project. Ultimately, they're going to create a product. And so once they, as they're creating this product or once they have that product created, here are some questions that need to be considered. Uh, first of all, what is the main purpose or function of my product? So what, what is the primary role? What is the role that your product is going to fulfill? And sometimes they don't even think about that. What design and aesthetics should I consider in creating my product? How can I ensure the quality and functionality of my product? So again, these are just examples. These are not questions that you have to ask, but I do think just getting in that headspace of how can I ask questions that require them to 
think deeper about their product than just saying, you know, what is your product? Can you explain your product? This is just going to result in a much more meaningful experience. Ultimately, your students are going to give a presentation. I always explain the presentation part of Genius Hour is really an opportunity for them to reflect on the learning and the connections that they've made. So things like, uh, what did I learn about my topic? And how was my understanding deepened? How did I get to a deeper understanding? How did my essential question guide my research and, and what I did throughout the project? What skills or competencies did I develop or enhance while working on this project? What surprised me most during my project and how did it impact my perspective? If you're in the gifted education world, there are so many things that I've mentioned earlier. I mentioned trends just now. I mentioned perspectives. Uh, I think I think essential questions very easily connect to big idea. These very closely connect with the depth and complexity icons. So oftentimes when I am writing essential questions and I'm not utilizing ChatGPT, I lean on those depth and complexity icons to give me the foundation for the essential questions that I'm going to ask. So that's just another quick strategy. You might use the depth and complexity icons. And if you haven't heard of those, a great resource is the Depth and Complexity Institute. I will put a link to their website in the show notes as well. So you guys check that out. So we've talked about several things. We talked about what essential questions are at their core. Um, there are probably better ways to explain that. There is so much research you can do and read about essential questions, what they are, what they aren't. But really what I wanted to get to was why are they important for our gifted learners and then how can they be utilized? And I wanted to give you some spe <laughs> words, specific examples of how they can be used throughout the Genius Hour process. So I hope that this has made sense. I hope it has kind of encouraged you, even if you don't do Genius Hour in the classroom, to consider how you might utilize essential questions to, regardless of what you're doing, deepen that understanding. And remember, if you just think about it through the lens of whatever it is that they're learning, to getting to that place of deeper understanding, questioning is the bridge that makes that a reality. And so in order to build that bridge and for it to be firm and something we know that's going to get us to that deep understanding, I think essential questions are definitely a tool that we want to use. So as always, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for being here. I hope you have an amazing day. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of A Meaningful Mess. I hope you found inspiration and valuable insights for engaging and empowering gifted learners. If you'd like to connect with me and explore more resources, please visit my website at andymcnair.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at a underscore meaningful underscore mess for regular updates, discussions, and a vibrant community of educators dedicated to making a difference. Your support means the world to me, and I appreciate you being a part of this journey. If you have any questions, feedback, or topics you'd like for me to explore in future episodes, don't hesitate to reach out. Remember, you have the power to create meaningful and impactful learning experiences for your gifted students. Keep up the fantastic work, and thank you for joining me on A Meaningful Mess. Until next time, keep finding meaning in your mess. Happy teaching and learning. I'll talk to you soon.